1: It's a neon shriek of despair that claws across the face of night, that tears of the black wind, that beats against the silent dust. It's struggle and confusion and the dance of shadows on a spectacular illuminated with ten thousand fragments of light. It screams, it sobs, it whimpers, it laughs. The face of night is not changed. It's Broadway, my beat. they police, their launch dancing against the shadows of the curious, waiting and bound in the veil of mist rising above the river. They were waiting for me.
0: All right, Danny. You got here first. Up aboard the launch. Yeah. Okay, Schumacher. Let her go.
1: All right, Florio. Fill me in. Well, Danny, it goes something like this. The city engineers were dredging the river for some social purposes. Uh, no philosophy, Florio. I'm not up to it.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, Danny. Like I was going to tell you, they was dredging the river and they come upon a car at the bottom of Saint. The same. Uh-huh. They call the derrick department. The mobile department sends out a barge with a derrick. The derrick wraps a chain around the car, gives a mighty heave and a pull. And... There it is, Denny, hanging there in the floodlights. How did the car get in the river? Well, the engineers figured that the only place it could have come from was off that bridge up there. Where on the bridge? Well, uh, that's what's funny. There ain't a mark on the bridge, not even a blemish. Guard rail really ain't touched if the car crashed
1: through... I want pictures in every foot of the bridge. Now, let's get on the bars for you. Tell him to lower the car, Florio.
0: Hey, engineer, lower the boat. Boy and girl in the car, Danny. It's a long time in the river. How long? The engineer says from
1: the amount of rust in the car... Two or three days. Yeah, help me open the car door, Florio. Yeah, Danny. It's stuck. Oh, that river water rusts the lock. Well, we you try.
0: For a bad man, you got muscles, Danny. Danny.
1: Why did you have to call me, Florio? Why me?
0: But this makes it all the more down your alley, Danny. The bullet holes plugged neatly in the heart region. One each to each. They weren't not only drowned, were they?
1: No. L'Oreal, come here.
0: Yeah? Yeah, Danny. What do you want?
1: What does this look like to you?
0: It looks like the front end of the car was smashed, like it hit something.
1: Yeah. That's what it looked like to me.
0: You think that's something, Danny?
1: Come around here to the back. You see that, Danny?
0: And you tell me I shouldn't be philosophical. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, Danny. A sign. A sign that says "just married." Hey, oh, good morning, Danny. Well, I give you a greeting, Danny. Good morning. Oh, hi, Sergeant. How are you? Tall in the saddle. You're what? Tall in the saddle, Danny. This is an answer heard all the time west of the Great Divide. Intelligence from my youngest boy, Giovanni, who was studying to be a cowboy by box tops and television.
1: Yahoo, Tartaglia. And what kind of intelligence did you get from upstairs? Give me the rundown.
0: Rundown to wit. Identity of occupants of car established from respective wallets. Established occupants to be Mr. and Mrs. Charles Kimball, me Jane Miller. Mm-hmm. Married two days ago at the home of the bride where the groom had been an erstwhile and former border. Go ahead. Well, that's the intelligence from upstairs, Danny. And what may I ask is that envelope? Oh, here. It's the photographs Lou Jacobs took of the bridge off of which the cop plunged down.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Now I believe it. This morning it was too early. Maybe I wasn't hearing right. But now I believe it. Huh? Look at these pictures. Yeah, let's see. This guardrail on the bridge is four feet high. It's untouched. Uh-huh. Nowhere along the whole length of it is there a sign that the car crashed through it.
0: Well, then how could the car get in the middle of the East River, Danny, under 30 feet of water?
1: That's a tall and a saddle type question, Sergeant. How did the car get there? Tartaglia shrugged, blinked, silently pleaded to be excused from the room, didn't wait for permission, got out. That left me alone with it. How did the car get there? How did it hurtle a four-foot barrier without a mark, a scratch on said barrier? How? And then the question I'd been touting away from my brain. Why? Why the bullet-torn flesh of a boy and girl on a honeymoon, their blood washed away on a river slime? And then I knew no policeman's riddle, no games with the equations of murder could hold it back any longer. It had to be done. So I did it. I called on the parents of a dead bride.
2: Just a moment. I'll only be a moment. Yes. What is it, please,
1: Mrs. Miller?
2: Yes, I'm Mrs. Miller. Uh, please, if you're selling something, I'm afraid I can't do you any good. You see, we're in a, in a kind of, a, well, everything's different now.
1: And... I'm from the police, Mrs. Miller.
2: Yes, I know, but I'm sorry. I'd like to help. The police. May I come in? Well, but everything's so upset. I. I don't like for people to see my house this way.
1: It's about your daughter.
2: Oh, but Jane's away on her honeymoon.
1: May I come in, Mrs. Miller? Well,
2: she won't be back for another ten days. Uh, Please come in. This way, Mr....
1: uh... Clover. Danny Clover.
2: Uh, Mr. Clover. I'm sure you'll want to talk to my husband, too. We've been rearranging the furniture. You see, two of our rooms are unoccupied now, and, uh, Ben.
1: Yeah, what do you want?
2: Well, don't move the chair now, Ben. It's the policeman, uh, Mr. Clover.
1: Huh. <laughs> Couldn't you have stated your business at the door, Mr. Clover? You see, I'm quite occupied at the moment. We're...
2: It's uh, something about Jane, Ben, about Jane. Well,
1: what do you have to do with her, Mr. Clover? Do you have a picture of your daughter?
2: Oh, yes, we have a whole album.
1: A recent picture? Well, one
2: of the wedding of her and Charles and the Ben and me.
1: May I see it, please? Wait a minute. What right have you to come into my house to... Oh,
2: please, Ben. Mr. Clover just asked to look at Jane's picture. Well, there it is on the mantel, Mr. Clover. And that's Charles, her husband. Yes, Charles Kimball. Isn't he a fine-looking boy?
1: There's no other way to say this. If there were another way, I'd give... They're dead. They're both dead. Murdered. Get out of my house. Go on. Go on.
0: Get out. Get him out of here. I'll kill him. What kind of a filthy joke is he trying to play on us? Go on. Get him out. Ben, Ben,
2: don't. Don't. Who would want to kill our boy and girl, Mr. Clover?
1: We don't know, Mrs. Miller. That's why I came here, because we don't know.
2: Charles lived here with us. He and Jane fell in love. They got married two days ago. He went on honeymoon to Niagara Falls. We were waiting for a letter, a, a postcard. Why should they be killed, Mr. Clover?
1: Charles. Where are his family, Mrs. Miller?
2: He had none. He came here after the war. rented a room from us. Worked hard. Charles and Janie... They were two people, Mr. Clover. Nothing more. Oh. Tell him to
1: ask someone else, I... What yeah, he wants from someone else. Not from us. Tell him that, Anne. Ben. ben. What are you doing to me? To me? They were found in a car in. The... A car?
2: The one we gave them for their wedding present. Ben and I knew all along, so we saved for it. Anne. Uh, yes, Ben. What, what do you want? Ask him to help us, Ann. I'm sorry. Ask him to help us. Yes, Ben. Oh, oh, oh. Will you help us, Mr. Clover?
1: It was a basic question. It had a background of a few thousand years to it. A man's child had been killed. A man's child needed avenging. As simple as that. There's a cult that comes with civilization. Men who put on white jackets buttoned at the throat and measure violent death with slide rules. Who stare at murder in the cross-section through microscopes. Who dissolve it and shake it up in test tubes until death has a color to it. One of the men in the white jackets was named John Gordon. He was a technician for the police department technical division. I called on him. Something I can do for you, Lieutenant? Yeah, The report on the automobile dredged out of the river early this morning. Huh? Just a minute. Well? Well, wait till I finish reading this article, Lieutenant. You don't expect me to put it down now, do you? Yeah, I expect that. Have you read it? No. No, I don't expect you have. The isometric measurement of hydrogen ion concentration versus colorimetric measurements. (laughs) Imagine you reading that. What do you read, Lieutenant? Obituaries, Gordon. Where's the report? I had it ready an hour ago. I waited for you. Now I'm here. Get it. I'll tell you about it. It's chock full of charts and graphs and chemical reagents. (laughs) You'd be distressed. What's your great sorrow, Gordon? Who did what to you? The report, Lieutenant. It says the passenger car and the truck... What truck? Please. All right. All right. The size, the shape of the crumped front end of the passenger car together with the molecular displacement of the metal indicates that the car, assuming a normal rate of speed, indicates that the car hit a truck. What kind of truck? I was getting to that. I don't know. Scrapings indicate that the paint of the truck was new and not its original coat, a widely used paint. From information available, the make of the truck is impossible to identify. What else? Why, my job is done. Now it's in your, well, your very... Capable hands, I'm sure. Pardon me. John Gordon, Police Department, Technical Laboratory, speaking. Uh, How? Yeah. Yeah, he's here. For you, Lieutenant. Thanks. Hello?
0: They switched me to you, Danny. On the I asked. It almost took too long. Who is this? Freud Carpa, Danny. Come get me, kid. I got news for you.
1: Tell me now, Carpa, what kind... Yeah, where? Bowery. 320 Front Street. Walk back, hurricane. Carpa. Come get me, Danny. Please, listen. I never said it to a cop
0: before. Listen, come get me. Please.
1: It was a name to launch a minor nightmare. Lloyd Carpa. A man who dressed too well, perhaps despite the memory of the years of wearing cast off clothes. A little man with hate perched on his shoulder like a sharp beaked creature. Vocation? Hoodlum majoring in bank holdups three of them two convictions Floyd Carpa in the Bowery he didn't belong there Carpa saying he knew about the Kimball murders it didn't fit Carpa saying please to the police it didn't make sense 320 front Street he'd said I went there walked back he said I did that I'm Danny clover here Carpa? Carpa! Hey, what? I'm coming in! You almost made it with that. It was Carpa, all right? I had to look close to make sure, but it was he. No hate now. Something lent its own special expression to his face. Something. The bullet wound in his stomach, the time of pain, the final hugging close of the darkness. Floyd Carper was dead. You are listening to Broadway's My Beat. Written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin. And starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. Broadway demands quality to its crime. Else, Broadway pays no attention. But when a boy and a girl are murdered on their honeymoon... When a boy and a girl are dredged from the East River... When a grade-A hoodlum named Floyd Carfis is found shot to death in a bowery. Broadway gives pause. And there was a connection. The boy, the girl, the hoodlum. Broadway chortled and nudged its neighbor and just had to know all about it. So did I. The police records told me about a place I could go. To a housing development out in Flushing. The records said a man named Bruce Monroe lived there. And Bruce Monroe had once been caught splitting the proceeds from a bank robbery with Floyd Carpa. So I went there. After all, I was a policeman. I had to ask questions of somebody. Danny! Danny, how are you? You don't have to tell me. You look wonderful. Wonderful. You checking up on me, Danny? No, no, you're not checking up. A social call, huh? Sure, a social call. How are you, Danny? Wonderful, wonderful. Now, how about me, huh? How about me, All settled down. Settled down a two-story house in Flushing. Me and my family. Respectable. Family, huh? I'd like to meet them. Sure, Danny. They're upstairs. I keep them in a cage. That way you can keep your eye on them. They're problem children. Children with problems, Danny. Come on up. Take a look. I'd like to. What have you been doing for the last couple of years, Bruce, since jail? It's feeding time, Danny. They like company when they eat. Yeah. What have you been... Out here, Danny... I keep my family in a glass cage on the roof. Look at them. 30 beauties. Makes a man proud. I'm proud, Danny. Pigeons. Sure, what did you think? Quite a cage, huh, isn't it? You bet it is. Let's go in. Come on, feeding time. I had Jasper. Oh, Mildred. Oh, George, who plucked out your tail feathers? What have you been doing since jail, Bruce? I'll bet you didn't come here as a social caller after all. Your buddy, Floyd Carper, was found shot to death. They all wind up that way. You? I'm an exception. I retired. I'm respectable. I raised a family. Here, fellas. Eat. Come on and eat. <laughs> Look at those pidgey Did you kill Carper? Nonsense, Danny. You know that's nonsense. I haven't seen him for ages and ages. Tell me something, Bruce. How can you afford all this? Nice house, large family. It's a drain, isn't it? Business is good. What business? I'm a licensed used car dealer. An international permit, even. I drive used cars into Canada. I have an outlet there. Oh, come on, Elliot. Eat your corn. Well, you won't eat. Danny. No more bank heisting, huh? Danny, you know, that's nonsense, too. Look, Danny. hmm Danny, frankly, Danny, you're upsetting all of us. I'm being voted in tonight. i got to make a speech. Flushing homing pigeon society is voting me in tonight. Questions like yours could ruin my acceptance speech. Bruce Monroe placed a kernel of corn on his lips, puckered them, and then extended a finger. Lucille fluttered to the finger, was lifted to Monroe's mouth, and daintily pecked away at the lunch so lovingly served. All that billing and cooing did something to me, so I got out. The ride back to headquarters didn't clear up a thing. The same nagging questions rolled alongside me. Why was the hoodlum Floyd Carpa dead? What had the hoodlum Floyd Carpa to do with the life and death of a boy and a girl whose lives have been ordinary, whose death spectacular and grotesque? Sergeant Tartaglia couldn't make sense out of it either, or as he put it,
0: I can't make no sense out of it, Danny, either. I have been mulling over this sad affair with the missus, uh, missus Tartaglia. She can't make no sense out of it, either. No? Uh, no, Danny. The scene of our mulling it over, I remember like it was a picture on a calendar. Mrs. Tartaglia was hovering over her master, hustling up some pizza dough. I was reading to her from the paper in my stock and feet. Uh, we was very domestic last night, Mrs. Tartaglia and I. Tartaglia, have you?
1: what have you found out about Charles Kimball, the dead boy?
0: Oh, oh, sure, Danny, sure. I got it right here. What we have found out about Charles Kimball is that he was a good boy with an honorable war record, with decent law-abiding friends, with a decent law-abiding job in a paper factory. Uh, he was a good boy, Danny.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. Anything else?
0: Yeah, a couple items.
1: Taglia, what do I have to do to get you to tell them to me?
0: Oh, nothing, Danny. Just ask me. Don't look that way, Danny. I'll tell you. They're tracing down the truck with which the Kimball car collided is still in the process of being traced down. Uh, this means they haven't found it. I'll tell them to find it. Yeah, I'll do that, Danny. Now, here is the beastly resistant, a teletypewriter from the Poughkeepsie Police Department. Well, what makes it so resistant? It wants Floyd Carper. Huh? Yeah, Floyd Copper. They want him on suspicion of a bank robbery that took place recently at Poughkeepsie. They want to know do we got him, this Floyd Carper. It's so the bank teller can identify him.
1: Do we got him to
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, in a manner of speaking.
1: So tell him that, Detective. Put it on the teletype. We don't want to keep Poughkeepsie in suspense, do we? Clover, huh? Been reading about you in the papers up in Poughkeepsie. Still trying to solve that honeymoon couple murder I read. Which one of you is from the Poughkeepsie police? Me? Who'd you think? This little guy's the bank teller. This little guy's Oliver Hilliard. How are you, Mr. Hilliard? Oh, don't blush, Oliver. The man just asked you hello, that's all. Answer, Mr. Clover. No? <laughs> what are you going to do with a guy like that, Daddy? He shoots and wounds a heister? Who could be Floyd Carper? <laughs> now he blushes. This way. I want you to look at Floyd Copper. Then Mr. Hilliard will know for sure. Uh, down this corridor. Oh, you got him on ice, huh? Say, what do you think of our work up at Poughkeepsie, Danny? I haven't heard. About matching a three-day bank robbery with a known bank robber. Clever, huh? You're real magnificent. I knew you'd say that. Nothing spiteful about you big city police. We're going into the morgue now, Mr. Hilliard. Don't worry. It'll only take a second. You'll be all right. Sure, sure. Oliver will be all right. He helped as Oliver did. Described the bank robber. Picked out his picture from our files. That's the type of citizen we have up in Poughkeepsie, Danny. Cooperative. Right over here. Hey, this is quite a production you got here. Only at Poughkeepsie, we got a morgue with something to write home about. You feel all right, Mr. Hilliard? Oliver feels fine, don't you, Oliver? Bet you can't wait till you get home and tell your wife about this, huh? All you have to do is take one look, Mr. Hilliard. Flip back the shroud, Danny. Well, that him, Oliver? Is Floyd Carpenter the one who held you up? Yeah, Oliver nods his head. Yeah, Danny. Positively, huh? How do you like a cooperative citizen like that, Danny? The kind we're growing for gypsy. <laughs> Poughkeepsie's policeman, the bank teller, and I had nothing else to say to each other after that. When it finally registered on the Poughkeepsie policeman, he shook my hand heartily, thanked me from the heart, wrapped a hearty armor on the bank teller's shoulders, and led him back to Poughkeepsie. I started back to my office. On the way, Tattaglia shoved a phone message in my hand. It was from Detective Mugavan. Mugavin had something, the message said. Something may be hot, maybe cold. Anyway, the something was in a garage uptown. Come right away, it said. So I changed course and went to the garage. Uh, this is called Morgan's Garage, Danny. Caterers to the desires and ailments of trucks, moving vans, trailerways, all kinds of heavy vehicles. Interesting. Yeah, like you say, interesting. Uh, this one over here, for example. Fascinating piece of machinery. Why does it fascinate you, mother Two reasons, Danny. First, because it's exactly like one of my kids' toys. A trailerway, they call it. It picks up and delivers automobiles, carries them on the highways and the byways. Somehow it gives me a romantical feeling, these automobile carriers. The second reason, Mugovan? The second reason also fascinating. This trailerway is the truck you've had the whole department looking for, including me, Danny. What? Yeah, the one into which the honeymoon car crashed, or vice versa, before going over the bridge into the river. Are you sure? Danny, in something so fascinatingly routine as this, I wouldn't be sure... I've been scraping hunks of paint off of it, trotting them down a the technical, trotting back, examining the stent and the grill work, trotting down the technical, trotting uh, Muggerman, back... Muggerman, we we'll be asking too much of you to shut your big mouth. Oh, not too much. Something, then? All this routine adds up to something? Danny. Danny, come back to me, Danny. You're so far away. That's how they did it, Muggerman. Carper makes us get away from a bank job upstate in a car, drives it up on this trail away. He and his buddy-buddy drive off. Who looks for a runaway car on one of these things? It's your party, Dan. On the road somewhere, they crash into the honeymoon couple, or vice versa. The kids see Carpa's hurt from a bullet wound. They're murdered for seeing that. The murderers drive the kid's car up on the trail away, stop at the 59th Street Bridge, dump it. That explains the no scars on the bridge's guardrail, huh? Yeah. You sounded like you were tired of routine. Is that right, Muggervin? Yeah, that's right. I'll change it for you. Ever been to Flushing? Let's go, Mugman. This house. Oh, such a serene and peaceful habitat, Danny. look, yellow shutters and chintz drapes. Tasteful. Ring the bell. Danny, oh, you brought a friend, a friend of Danny Clovis. I'm glad. Come in. Social, Danny, or business? Business, Bruce. Oh. Uh, oh, pigeons. That's it. You want to buy some pigeons, you're going to start raising pigeons. Pigeons? Muggerman, take a look at the serene and peaceful habitat of a man who dumped Floyd Copper when he was wounded, who killed those two kids. Surely, Danny, surely this is nonsense. The cops, Mugovan. Yeah.
0: Danny, watch out! Remember what you think, honey!
1: Come on, Mugovan. Nuggerman. Nuggerman. It hurt much, kid? Yeah. Yeah, it hurt. Go get him, Danny. I'll be okay. My shoulder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You won't get away, Bruce. Ah.
1: Bruce, throw it away. That's me nice, Danny. That's me real nice. I got bills for you, Danny. No more bullets in my gun. Throw it here. Yeah. See how I can do what you tell me when you ask me nice. Put your hands behind your head and walk toward me. Still got bullets in your gun, Danny? Yeah, Bruce. What are you going to do, kill me in cold blood? You could real easy. I'm so close to you now, face to face, very easy target. Put your hands out, Bruce. Long time since there were handcuffs on him, huh, Bruce? Not long enough, you... You know, I'm glad, Bruce. I'm glad you did that.
0: All right, that's enough. Enough. Come
1: quiet, Rob. No, Bruce... Those were for me. This is for Muggleman. And for two kids. Two decent kids. Two decent kids.
0: kids.
1: What tried to stop me was something gentle a gentle, easy Irish voice telling me I didn't have to hit him anymore. And I might as well be hitting a rag doll. That's enough, Danny had said. Enough. Then they pulled me away. That was good because I would have killed him. Then I asked a question. And the same gentle Irish voice told me Muggavin was all right. Three, four days, maybe, and he'd be all right. And that was good, too. Six o'clock hour, the hour of going home. But in a while, night will dip down and touch the street. There'll be fury again and rack and roar and crowd. The restless wandering down a phosphorescent alley. The puppet dance into a screaming furnace of light. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent. The lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway, might be.